0: Welcome to the Focus on Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Preston. And I'm Jason. Jason, we had another interview today with somebody from across the pond.
1: Yeah, Preston, I thought it was a fascinating conversation with Kato, who is a farmer from Uganda and also a researcher at the University of Illinois. So he really has an interesting perspective on farming in the United States and farming in Africa and the comparisons and the contrast between the two.
0: Absolutely. It's always interesting to hear farmer perspectives from different parts of the world, some of the challenges they may face. Uh, And to have that comparison with the U.S. is also very interesting. It was great to, to have this podcast interview in person finally once again. And I guess just a shout out to all you listeners out there. If you wouldn't mind liking and subscribing to our podcast, and maybe leave a review if you're so inclined, it would definitely help us get the word out about our podcast and help us grow our audience. So without further ado, let's get right into the conversation with Kato. Kato, welcome to the podcast. To kick things off, would you tell us a little bit about your background in Uganda?
2: Yeah, um, as you said, my name is Kato St. And uh, I grew up in, uh, on a small farm in Uganda, uh, just uh, 21 miles away from Kampala. Uh, we, we grew up uh, raising animals small on a, just on a small scale. Yeah. Uh, animals uh, grow uh, growing coffee, corn and bananas, just consumption and sell the rest. you don't like you just grow, like I think it was like five acres. we used to have okay. to, uh, five acres only. And then after that I ended up going on my first call across to that, uh, that town, that view country. And then I went in Kampala. I think I was 10, 10, 15, to go for my high school. And I, I, when I finished I finished my high school, and I came here in two thousand in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, around there. Okay. Yeah. My mama, my mom came, and then she married someone, and then she brought me here. Yep. So after that, I did go to Southern Illinois for I, okay let me back a little bit. i went to parkland <laughs> really i didn't know that. <laughs> yeah i did go to parkland for two years gotcha and then connected with that one in 2008 no if, to save money anyway no, because that's a cheaper way to do that and then know yeah. and then after that i've been working at the university in soil editor for six years seven years right, to now. wow okay yeah. nice. focusing on cover crop mostly now i'm focusing mostly on soil health with um andrew Magonet, like enzymes and and all that stuff good stuff in science yeah so yeah and now i, <clears throat> I do own a farm back home uh, from uh, not on the same land as my parents uh, my parents just bought my own and if I'm, I'm focused on mostly on animals uh, i do have some pigs Twenty-five something land pigs. I have cows. That what I do mostly, and talk about those cows. Our cows are not like from milk cows. Like here, you have like a lot of milk. Most of ours is just you get like two three liters from okay. a cow. So mostly dual purpose, and they don't grow that big. You're gonna get like hmm. uh, uh, two hundred kilos. Okay,
1: so a little little less than a gallon <coughs> of milk, and and here maybe uh, dairy production is. Uh, Eight or nine gallons from a cow, I think, in some situations. It's so, kind of like a like pretty four, big difference.
2: Like like two liters, I th- 20 something liters here. Okay. Or almost 40 liters. Okay. You know that. Yeah. But it's like actually not gallon, liters. Like for, you, you're going to get like two or four liters sure. in, in the cow back home. And it's, it's, it's not going to grow too big. So I've been trying to struggle with that, trying to get a hybrid, crossbreed, buying yeah. cement from different countries kind of, kind to of put there so that what i'm focused on now i'm growing corn to do silage and that's another new things which i'm trying to bring knowledge from here take back home try to make silage and make mistake into that and then i do have some coffee for just having it there and uh, uh, fish a little bit again to play around to see what i can put in the market and make some money from out of that so that's what I'm focusing on mostly.
0: How long have you owned the farm? Do you uh, buy it like 2009,
2: 2010? Yeah, it's been okay. like for five years or six years. Gotcha. I've been expanding it a little bit. Yeah. So I can... It's, it, it, it's small. The one I'm working on, I'm using, then I'm using, it's kind of like 10 acres. But I have more, but I, I don't use that. Cause, because of the labor uh, labor force, the way it flows, like you, you can't... Like, I have like five employees... And if I'm going to have a big operation, I'm going to need a lot of employees hmm. yeah, to be able to operate into that.
1: You're, you're clearly bringing a different perspective here because you start talking about the things, the crops you have on your farm. A lot of you know Midwestern farmers can relate to the corn, but you start talking about coffee, you start talking about bananas and really some different things. And, and you reference the labor force. So labor force is, is different in Uganda compared to the U.S., correct? And, yeah. and also the way things get done, it, it, is it a lot more manual labor there?
2: Everything is manual. It's very difficult unless you were a big farmer. And again, it's difficult. I don't see that much tractors back home. And not only because of the the big, the small land, but of it's more mountainous. Mm-hmm. So you get, you're gonna get another big problem to drive a tractor around it. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And it's like most of farmers, we are small enough that you cannot afford a tractor. Mm -hmm. So you are using manual labor, which is someone can farm so much a day. (laughs) So, uh, So that's why you cannot grow that much.
1: What are we talking about in comparison? Like how many acres would the average small farmer, say, be there in Uganda?
2: Um... Five, ten acres. Okay, but mostly five. Someone find on the, on the, on their house that five acres grow food and sell some and eat
0: some. So most farmers are growing mostly to consume and then mm-hmm. any excess. what so the excess. They're selling it yeah, like yeah. a market or something like that. Yeah. So uh, there's
2: big co farmers, very, mm-hmm. very huge, and tea farmers. Really that's going to be into problem with government and all that and those, they do have some tractors but again it requires some manual labor right. to go and pick up uh, coffee or, or tea leaves and all that so we, we haven't uh, reached that technology to have to go I mean, when you can have a truck and just service like here so, mm-hmm. so that's a big difference too hmm.
1: so when we're talking about manual labor and maybe there's not even a fair comparison here but what kind of wages are we talking about for the people on the farm say,
2: so those very small I think um, my expensive labor uh, is is, uh, is making a hundred a month
1: okay okay
2: yeah so you're gonna be ranging a uh, sixty to hundred dollar
1: interesting yeah. so very different and of course things have different prices and you know there's there's probably some big differences so you can't necessarily make an apples to apples comparison but the average person listening here, if they're sitting in the U.S., is going to say, "Wow, $100—that's that's not really very much." <laughs>
2: yeah, I do understand? You may think that's not again; it it's not that much, but. On the, market, on the economic way, how they spend things, things are more cheaper than here. Sure. So, someone can use a hundred if a month, goes all the way. Right,
0: right.
2: So, it's kind of like someone making a uh, uh, minimum wage here, so it's the same thing, like, hundred okay. kind of like minimum wage back home. So,
1: that'd be a similar comparison. Yes. That's, yeah, that's great. I mean, interesting before we
0: started we were talking a little bit about the government would you say the government of Uganda like helps farmers or is it a hindrance to farmers no and that, then like taxes you also mentioned a little bit about the king who yeah. apparently owns a huge chunk of land in Uganda yeah. so
2: the government do not help a farmer to my understanding because we used to have a lot of research ground like, in, mm-hmm. like you can the government owns such ground but those being taken over and Put in buildings, okay. so we don't have those one anymore. We used to have ranches for new breeds coming in, uh, but now those been sold off. So and the government tended to tax uh, things um, like seeds, like uh, uh, pesticides, things which you need to farm for a low farmer gonna need. So they put too much tax on it so you still end up like farmer cannot afford to farm in uganda that much okay so to my understanding the government that didn't they have not done enough to help a farmer
0: Hmm.
2: in that sense and to control um to control the seeds which are coming in because most of our things which are on the market they are fake so you may buy maybe Beside to gun spray on your cows and that is fake and then hey, that's gonna kill your cow. Or it's gonna doesn't oh, gonna awesome. do the job? It's
1: so like counterfeit products yes. that aren't the
2: actual product. Yes, yeah, so it's counterfeit product is a lot on, on the market nowadays. Okay,
1: <laughs> so how do you how do you go about? Determining are, are there reputable sources where you can pay a little bit more, maybe, and, and get the actual product, or is it pretty tough to do that?
2: It's just pretty tough unless you go to Kenya. Now most of the farmers, big farmers, with a lot of cows, they go to Kenya and get really? their goods from there. But if in Uganda, even if, if it's good, then they someone will do counterfeit, they're gonna try to get in the same label and all that. Huh. So you still gonna find those on the market.
1: So my geography knowledge isn't real great i'll admit that and i realize africa is a huge continent yeah but we see in the news about you know f- last few years about locust plagues and things like that is that going on in uganda too or is that other parts of africa we
2: got that in north it came it came through north but it came across when the uh, coronavirus was eating on the same time so people forgot about that. And uh, we tried to kill them, and people turn to like, oh, we're just going to catch them and fry them and eat them. Oh, wow. you, <laughs> <won't>... <laughs> Protein source. Yeah. <laughs> and that area of you gonna is very dry, okay. so nothing grows there that much. Hmm. So like, there's no reason to spend too much money trying to
1: uh, attack them from there. So... Hmm. But they didn't come in to the biggest agricultural reasons. too bad yes
2: so they went to the north area where they was on most mostly there but no they don't farm
0: that much Well, that's positive yeah <laughs> so in america i can't remember the stat it's under two percent of the population is a farmer do you have any idea in uganda is that like half the people are farmers or more than half so
2: the what they are saying if you go to statistically, they think it's 85 percent
0: 85 percent wow
2: wow so they all of them they depend on farming okay so but i think it's that but most of them, all of them they just farm for like eating right like every farm yeah, yeah every farmer every farmer is gonna have like five acres somewhere mm-hmm. and they're gonna just grow coffee to sell to get some f- fees for their kids and all that but still um but, but still they're gonna go some food for themselves but it's not like huge farmers not like farmers were making any money that much
1: right now. so that's really interesting uh, the substance farming type of you know just farming to survive basically farming to feed their family and that's very much romanticized by some people in this country and i think i'd love to hear your perspective on that you you know you're very involved in agriculture here in the united states and your background is in Uganda, and you're farming in Uganda. Uh, Can you tell us maybe some of the pros and cons of that type of farming compared to the larger farms and the large-scale food production that we see here in the U.S.?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to first say something. I was in school, and I did a paper, and I was telling them, you complaining about GMO, you complaining about food, because you have food here. You are blessed with a lot of food. Right. So you can choose to get organic, if you can choose to get uh, GMO, but GMO is still there for a poor man who can't afford the other expensive. Right. So when you, if Africa, we don't change and understand that we, can, we should put some land out for farming, You can use um, technology and someone can be able to make money out of using technology, you are not going to be able to feed our population. We are mm-hmm. growing very high speed, so probably a few years we're going to sparse... Uh, China, in population, oh, wow. yeah, I think they say like ten or twenty years, gonna wow. be the biggest population. But we have not figured out to be able to farm and test the soil. We don't. We don't even use test to see if the pH is good or oh, all the soil is good for this. We just keep growing. So if you do that, you can't feed the population. You you cannot. it's, it's not possible. To me, in a way. So I will push American animal farming, even if people think it's bad, but I think it's the best thing we have to feed the, mm-hmm. uh, the economy right now, hmm. uh, the population right now. So.
1: Yeah, it's, it's As I mentioned, it's somewhat romanticized by people in this country sometimes, and it's romanticized until they actually had to go out and work on the farm and produce the food, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you're the guy out there getting a hundred bucks a month for doing this job and you or or you're the guy that's just barely making enough or or woman making barely enough food to feed your family yeah. it's not quite so romantic when you're worrying about where your next meal is going to maybe come from
2: yeah and it, you can know too you going to say oh, let to go back to uh, to um, organic and live um, GMO uh, science and water can just use our hands and farm. you can't because you, you cannot do that Gonna have you're gonna need a big labor force for just even to feed, and, and that labor force actually you have, you cannot even feed that on the product you are you are getting out of that. Because I've experienced on how you lose money by farming in the world of farming back home, so like me investing money toward, but I keep losing money because there's no enough knowledge, no enough technology, no good seeds, you can't even get a good fertilizer users to use because the, the proportion we don't have that there nowadays. So there is no way. They if we go back to that way of farming, probably well, gonna lose a half of the population to me, you know. Yeah. There's no way we can be to to feed everyone.
0: Mm. You mentioned like GMO, pesticides. What are some things you've learned about farming in America that you're gonna take back home to your personal farm, like soil pH, things like that? What are some of the things you've learned here that you're gonna take home to scale your business and your farm up?
2: Soil you know, or is very important. I think testing soil before you, you plant any Soil fertility, that's your number yeah. one? Soil, okay. Soil fertility, uh, test my pH. When you go online, you cannot get enough information on African soil. Mm. Now people are trying, but still it's little knowledge about it. It's the oldest soil in the world, but still we have known, farmers have known to learn how to feed it. So it can give you the productivity you need out of it. Hmm. So that's very important. I'm taking that back home and I'm trying to do it right now, testing a little bit, Yeah. but still there's no good facilities in Africa to, to be able to test your soil like here very quick. Like you take some sample and they can test you very fast and tell you right. what you want to plant. And uh, good hybrids, especially for corn, I would like GMO to come to Uganda to be out to be planted in Uganda. So it's not allowed at all now? No, it's not. Really?
0: It's not allowed.
2: For some reason, people are thinking it's bad for you. It's so going to grow you another home <laughs> or another <laughs> egg. So, so that's like a negativity about GMO nowadays. But if some people are pushing, we need that to happen in Uganda and then I can be able to to scale my business mm-hmm. in, in some way can grow corn on large scale and have good silage and I can raise uh, good animals
0: and so you do grow corn now yeah they have what some would you corns. say like a bushel per acre of corn would be in Uganda on average Just out of curiosity uh, which of probably yeah. feel what
2: at the mm-hmm. most, I think if you have a good farm, probably you're gonna get fifty, <laughs> fifty bushel per acre. <pressure? laughs> yeah, okay. And that's a lot. Just pushing it.
1: Yep, yep. That's so that's like the U.S. Maybe around 1900, or, or you know, the national yeah. average, maybe the early 1900s. Yeah. So there's obviously room. There's potential for growth, right? Yeah. I mean, there's the potential for a lot more food to be produced in Africa, but. In order to do that, it sounds like some of the modern technologies have to be adopted.
2: Yes, a lot a lot more, a lot more. And the conception, uh, people think that science is bad, GMO is bad, and I think we need to find a way to start teaching, I think, the population. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is not bad, but you can still have few farmers who are growing organically, and still have a few farmers who, you know, grow yeah. a lot of food. Just like
1: here in the U.S. Yeah.
2: Just like here, so like you can't push away organic, you can't push away the other, but you cannot depend on organic only, right? like we do. We do have some pests, you put some pests on, some something, but most is almost organic only. Right? Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. it tastes good, but you're not going to be able to feed a lot of people. Yeah.
1: You mentioned the third arm. I, I might sign up for a third arm <laughs> if we could do that. <laughs> Sometimes that would come in handy. <laughs> We kind of skated over this, but you
0: said the king of Uganda also owns a big portion of yeah. farmland. Does he hire people then to fa- to farm that, or how does that work? Or do people rent his land to
2: That's farm? It. People stay on his land, so you have to, like, we do have three types of, three, four types of land. Okay. So, some people you can own, you can, you can have your title deed, mm-hmm. or, or can just stone my land. Yeah. And then you're a co-owner, like you're a place owner, but, like, some rights to use it. Got it. So most of King's lands mostly used by other people. Okay, it's not most like it does not farm it and does not Mm -hmm. doesn't rent it. But you pay something a year, something small money a year. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. We have something similar here, I think, with the federally owned land that sometimes people use it and sometimes people kind of pay some rent and rent it. And there's some different ways it's used. It sounds. Somewhat similar. We just don't say it's the king's land or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So like,
2: I think we do have the same thing. The government owns some of the land, and the king owns some of the land, and a small portion owned by the people. Hmm. You can buy that, but that one only can't buy. You can still use it, build a house on it, but okay. you don't have a title for it, so you can come and push you one day.
1: Often. So the land owned by the government, they don't sell that to the people. You, yeah. you can never own that. No, yeah. just. The small amount that's privately owned, you can sell that and buy that amongst other people.
2: You can sell your right to use it
1: to other people. To the government land? Yes, to government land. Okay, interesting.
0: You were describing your farm at the beginning and you talked about, you know, corn, coffee, hogs, even fish. It sounds like a very diversified operation, but when I compare that to American farmers, we're mostly, you know, corn and soybeans, maybe... Corn, soybeans, cattle, or corn, soybeans, hogs. You know, what value do you get with that much diversity in your farm? So
2: what I use mostly, like I get um, the fertilizer from the um, cows, mm-hmm. the pigs. Those goes into where I'm gonna plant my corn, and goes to where I'm planting grass for the cows itself, and that goes to my coffee. So that the way I can. Be able to use everything. You
1: produce yeah. your own fertilizer. Yes, yeah. with my own
2: farm Because it's very difficult to get fertilizer in Uganda and you don't know if it's legit or not. Hmm. So it's better to use manure to put in there. So for the pigs, they give me bioenergy sometimes. So yeah. that's why I'm setting up for bioenergy and, yeah. and use it to cook and all doing that. And it's just, it's easy to have more in Uganda to be able to survive. So you have pigs say if the market is bad on america mm-hmm. but you can still have your your orgs to sell
0: interesting
2: and we eat a lot of pigs back home so yep. like this is a good market and sometimes pigs die off with the soil is it i feel kind of full something like swine food mm-hmm. yeah. kind of free, yes so that's comes most i think once a year kills oh, wow. most of the pigs so mm. that if my pigs dies all i'm not gonna be like i have cows to bring You're spreading it your
0: risk.
2: Yes. I'm yeah. putting risk around. So for mostly manure and bioenergy and be able to spread my risk around it.
0: Is the fish in a pond or is it hydroponics? No, ponds. Ponds.
2: Like okay. Cut hmm. fish and trap. Yeah.
0: Okay. Do you think American farmers can learn from that diversity? Do you think they would benefit with more diversity or do you think we're already diverse enough?
2: I think you're diverse enough. I think if you can have some cows on the, mm-hmm. the farm, will help you. Especially if you want to be organic. You don't want to use... Right. A, oh, yeah. Other Synthetic yet, fertilizers. Yeah. So you can use manure. You spray it end of the year in your field, and that's will mm-hmm. help. So I would say if you want to be organic, you do. But if not, and you can benefit, uh, you can get enough money from corn, soybean, I rather grow one thing, so I can, I can be able to know and understand my corn, understand so I mean, how it works. I focus on one thing. Yeah. Yeah. But if I don't have that back home, I can't focus on 20 acres just growing corn. I will never make any
0: money. Right, right. Yeah, that's smart to have so many different risk baskets where you can pull off if you have a down market in one area, you can utilize the yes Yeah, the so other. then
2: you have another side where you can huh. move around.
0: Is the coffee mostly exported? Do you have like a few acres of coffee? And does that get shipped yeah. somewhere that eventually ends up being shipped overseas?
2: I do have four acres of co- uh, coffee. We don't drink coffee in my country. Really? We don't drink coffee. It's very, very difficult, for example, to drink coffee. Why? So, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> we don't smoke that much. We drink too
0: much. You drink too much, okay. yeah. we don't drink coffee. We okay. don't drink
2: coffee, we don't smoke that much. We just. And we
0: grow a lot of tobacco too, but we just okay. sell hmm. it. Is it too much of a high-value crop to consume it?
2: No. We, colonization if we from Britain, so we just drink tea mostly. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just something... The British influence. Yeah, influence. <laughs> like, just drink tea instead of coffee. So mostly we sell it. We grow two types of coffee, but in my region, we, we grow Robusta. So that, I think, that's, doesn't come in any US because it's a bad coffee. I don't even know what that is. Yes, you do it's they are corona uh, there's two types of coffee. Okay. Yeah. So the other one grows on the mountain, on the high, okay. high level so it can be more quality coffee and all. So this one bustard just goes to
0: to China mostly. What's the highest value crop? It would coffee be the highest value crop then that you produce?
2: Yes, it brings more dollars. Okay. Coffee and tea.
0: hmm
2: And sugar sometimes because we make sugar out of it. Hmm. So you can. Those small sugar cane. I don't know if you know type of sugar canes, but.
0: There's so many different crops. It sounds like you've got your hands full. <laughs>
2: yeah, sugar cane, for me, the one I have, I have just few, like five, ten, just for fruit. Okay. This big one, like this, they get this big and have you a You process it piece.
0: yourself? Yeah, just
2: eat them. Just gonna pick one and really? huh. eating it. Huh. Sweetened now, not sweet, Actually, you should try it. But it's you should food. bring some back, yeah. I can't. I've tried to <laughs> bring that in the US. So,
1: <laughs> so now that you spent so much time in the U.S., do you drink coffee yourself? Or
2: I try every time I drink coffee, I feel like I'm done something wrong. So I'm <laughs> I get anxiety, so I, I don't. <laughs> I used to at night, I don't, and it makes me sleeping. It's sleeping instead of being awake. So I start from coffee as much as possible.
1: Again, I'm going to expose my geographic ignorance here, but what is the climate like in Uganda and where you're from?
2: Um, we in on the equator exactly, and around the lakes mm-hmm. in the yeah. central. w I'm, I'm coming at, Actually, it goes like at the most it will be eighty for night, so it doesn't go beyond that. And if you go at night, it goes down to fifty. So it's actually it's very like, it's oh, very beautiful. Wow. Like when I came here first like thing. tropic maybe. Yeah, so like, when I came here first thing I, I learned like it goes extreme, very hard around here. Yeah. And people say, like, Oh you're from Africans? Africans Africa, Africa. like, no, this is <laughs> this is beyond what we have. <laughs> and then it goes extreme cold. So, and I think that affected us from technologically advanced. Because they, you have everything. You can grow food, it's not hard, not cold, you don't need to research on things. Yeah. And I was catching up on us, like, oh, now we have two big population and we can't feed them. The feeding we used to feed, that can't work anymore. We need mm-hmm. big farms to be able to feed like, uh, 50, 40 million people. people so. Right, right.
1: So it's basically similar temperature year-round. And yep. The temperature doesn't change much That's fall and winter. There's not much fall and winter or no. spring.
2: Just rain season and dry season. Okay. Rest is only two months.
1: So are you able to grow crops year-round then? So yeah. you grow corn? What, what type of corn, so here, you know, in, in this part of Illinois, we maybe grow 110, 115-day corn. Is that a similar uh, season of corn that you would grow in Africa and grow a couple crops, or how, how does that work? It's, uh, it's a different
2: corn, because I try to grow it here. It's a different corn, the point, it needs shorter days. And here you have long days in um, and yes. if you, if you bring, if you plant African corn here, it may not even put on. It may just oh, keep wow. going tall and very big, going wild and, <laughs> and can, because it, it, it just does not used on shorter, uh, to long days and high, too much mm-hmm. heat. That's so interesting. So yeah. So definitely our corn is different. And so it's a little bit sweeter. Hmm. So for you, you came up with the idea of sweet corn. For us, we can't eat sweet corn. I, I, now I'm learning how to eat it when I can, yeah, but it's still too soft and too sweet. Okay. So, and the other one, food corn, is too, it's, it's not sweet. And for us, it's food corn and sweet corn. It's the same thing, just a little bit sweet, not too sweet, but just enough.
1: Huh. But you do eat some fresh, the same way we yes. eat sea corn, and then you also dry some and make flowers? Yeah, make
2: flowers or, or keep it for next year for planting. Okay. Because I don't buy seeds that much.
0: Are a lot of the seeds held from year to year? You mentioned corn. Is it, is it hybrid corn then? Or is it inbred where you can save seeds from year to year and just replant it as you go? So and are there companies that sell seed? Or are they mostly just you keep the seed year on year and just Some select? people
2: keep seed year on year. And some people are starting buying seed. Like you may just buy mild seeds, mm-hmm. which is a little bit hybrid. And uh, so like there's some companies, St. Mm-hmm. Now it's in Kenya, it's keeping pushing, I think Tanzania keep pushing seeds into East Africa. They are trying because they see that there's going to be a new market, big one right. coming. So some they buy, some they just keep and yeah, which is a problem because mm-hmm. then the corn's going to be, can't get a lot of pests because you are been putting the same thing in the same soil over and over and over mm-hmm. again.
0: Looking forward, you've, you've spent you know, time in America, time in Uganda. What excites you the most about the future of agriculture? I know you've worked, for, worked with startups, you've worked with universities, yeah. like digital agriculture, What, or I guess. And maybe you can talk both to Uganda and to America separately. So what most excites you about agriculture in Uganda, and then what excites you most about Amer- agriculture in America?
2: Uh, what I'm waiting, it's exciting exciting because I'm not there yet, in Africa, I, I'm waiting for hybrid uh, GMO,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, good hogs, which are hybrid hogs. My hogs grow like, for example, hogs here, like, you can six months, you are almost 100 kilos plus. In the US, in Uganda, six months, you if you can feed them a lot, you have like 60 kilos or oh, wow. no, okay. 50 kilos. So, I'm waiting for that. That's oh, exactly. yeah. if we can get that besides mm-hmm. so you're, ta-
1: you're talking almost half 110 pounds maybe compared to 220 pounds yeah. in the same um, time frame
2: time frame and you are feeding a lot and I don't know if it's weather or something but I'm waiting for that technology to come and mm-hmm. um, so your uh, if we can have enough universities like yeah you no know, university there's out of professors focusing on soil, and they focus on bleeding uh, corn and all that. Yep. But we don't have that much in here back home.
0: So I'm waiting to see. So you can take all that back yourself and start it all up? <laughs> yeah, it's too much politics in toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who
1: is doing that kind of research there? Is is—is that the universities there in Africa? Is it foreign universities? Is it foreign, you know, multinational companies? Who is? I assume there's some research being done maybe on how the soil and something
2: some, like that most just in the videos you say like okay write grant and then some companies from Europe come and set up some research a little bit sure but the university used to do that but they don't do that that much sure, I mean, but it's not done on a large scale supposed to be done so I'm waiting for that and if I had I, th- I thought about setting a camp and doing research,
1: but... Yeah. It sounds like yeah. there's a market. There would be a market. There it would be, be a
2: market if you can teach farmers to know the value. Right.
0: You would think the government sees the population increase and that they would think that for preservation purposes they should invest money through the universities for research. For research. As I say, it's too much
2: politics. I don't think we yeah. are running the government and running the school system back home. Mm-hmm. I don't think they went to school themselves. (laughs) That sounds like America, too. (laughs) I don't think they... Let's stay out of politics. (laughs) The agriculture area, people in the agriculture system, they don't know. They're not being farmer themselves. If you get a community into that system, like, oh, I know what's supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. But people, they are not. So... I'm waiting for that day when we have someone who is like, oh, let's move mm-hmm. m- move on such area, we'll move on GMO. Let's catch up with other countries so we can start mm-hmm. can start farming. Oh, and pushing people from the from the country or village into the city so you can have more free land. Farmers can have like one farmer can have like a thousand acre. Mm-hmm. So that would be something like that. And then, then I can't put in money into the technology because I can get my money back. I have enough ground to, to do so. So, for that, yeah, I'm waiting for that. In the US, um, I think I'm, I'm waiting when the people start screaming about uh, GMO and, uh, and other things. <laughs> 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 and so they know that they have everything. I think most of the people here have not been on the farm, they're just in the city and they can't. They can't understand what's going on in the farm. For example, I was uh, going with a certain lady into sampling, and then she, she, she came wearing uh, top dress, uh, something which, uh, like going in the, just having a party. Like, <laughs> yeah. Are you going in the food? I said, Yes. And which then she asked me, What's that? I know that's corn, but what's that? So that's where I've been. Like, like, I'm in trouble. She doesn't know <laughs> like, crazy. you went the University of Illinois and you're surrounded with a lot of things. So I think what is missing, even if the US is moving well on like the agriculture side, but we are missing that knowledge, telling people where food comes from and how mm-hmm. hard it is to grow food. I don't think farmers are being uh, appreciated enough. Because yeah, they just get their food and they're like oh, you don't know where the food comes mm. from. Yeah. I never seen a chicken. I don't want to say <laughs> chicken died. <dying. laughs> so, I'm waiting for that day when everyone is informed a little bit, at least half a population, from mm. how food is grown and how food is coming from. Hmm.
0: Well, that's good stuff. Is there anything that we forgot to ask you, or anything else you want to talk about?
2: Mostly for farmers here, and to say, thank to thank them how they manage to do all the work. Because find one farmer uh, farming a thousand acres by himself, and that takes a lot of work. And uh, being me as a farmer, I have noticed like it's becoming like, you don't want to stop. Even if you're losing money, you keep going back and back and Mm -hmm. back. Because that's your passion, that's what you love. And people Mm -hmm. forget how hard it is. Mm -hmm. So... And for me, i just tell them, thank you. And they keep going, because now for them, I'll never stop. Even if I lose all the money, I'm going to like, I'm going back to farming. That's the only one thing I like uh, doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Definitely a lot of truth in that, whether you're in Uganda or America. I mean, I'm sure there's a kindred spirit there between you and other farmers. So. Yeah,
2: and I feel very bad when a middleman makes more money than a farmer. Like someone who's selling their corn, and then they come and take your goods yeah. and make more money than if I'm a mid it's right? Yeah. but that, I think that's the way it is across the world yep.
0: yeah farmers buy retail and
1: sell wholesale <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah well Kato, this has been great really appreciate your time here I think um, for me this was fascinating I love learning about how things are you know, broadening my horizons a little <laughs> bit and this has definitely done that so mm-hmm. thank you for your time here and I hope the listeners enjoy it also
2: thank you for having me it was Interesting. I don't know if what I talked about where people find it interesting, but it's interesting to know how farming is done in different areas. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas people just, and unless you travel and you see how people dig mm. with their hole and suffering into that, digging a, a pond, you are digging a deep pond where someone is there digging and take this uh, the yeah. soil out by hand. So you do understand that it takes it takes a lot uh, of mm-hmm. energy to grow food in different <clears> areas. So, usually, I tell people if someone is complaining, just take them in Africa and tell them <laughs> try to get something to eat, and they, they'll come back and appreciate what they have around here.
0: So, starting with the politicians,
2: <laughs> send them there and take them there, yeah. like, try to feed yourself, and yeah. they're like, Oh, it's not easy to be a human, anyway. Yeah. So, like, appreciate what you have, man. Just in, in the yeah. US, I think we move to have like very fast. And I think some of kids are coming. They forget how how things have been done, and like, because they have everything, and you find you just start looking for problems to complain about, and because <laughs> you don't have the other big problems, like you don't have food on your plate, and like, oh, there's chicken in the fridge, but where did the chicken came from? Someone had to put all energy into
0: it. Right. right okay. yeah. Just
2: appreciate what you have. I'll just say that. Yeah, that
0: goes for all of us. Yeah. It's a good place to sign off. We appreciate it, Kato. Thank you. We'll talk soon.
1: The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the program hosts or their employer.